0: On? Good evening, Malden. Welcome to 02148. My name is Mike Sharon. It is Wednesday, July 6, 2022. Happy Fourth of July, everybody! I hope everybody had a great holiday week. Well, it's normally not my time to do a show, but uh, we have a special show for you tonight. I'm so pleased uh, to bring my guest uh, on the show tonight. He's well known, actually, right on this show. He is the Honorable former Mayor of Malden. Mr. Ed Lucy, who was recently uh, honored with his own Edwin C. Lucy Courtyard dedication from the City of Malden. Without further ado, welcome, Mr. Ed.
1: Well, thank you. It's nice maybe sitting on this side of the desk because now you're the one that has to do all the work. Well, yes,
0: yes. I th- we're going to play a little role reversal tonight. So we have some ground rules. You're not allowed to ask any questions.
1: No rules. <laughs> Just wing it,
0: <laughs> Ed. Welcome to the show. This is a great treat for me, really.
1: Well, thank you, Michael. I appreciate you having me as a guest. Yes,
0: uh, it is. It is my. It is my pleasure, of course. Listen, uh, what's this thing about you getting honored? Long overdue. I love it. I wish I could have come to the ceremony. Talk about that.
1: Well, I'm not so sure so long overdue, but it was a very appreciative and and it started last year. The uh, the the effort was put together uh, by Councilor. Uh, she was the initiator, Councilor, uh, former Councilor, large Debbie Demaria, yeah. and my understanding was um, the suggestion originated with I think Bill Coleman, okay. who was a former colleague of mine, who's who's now the chair of the uh, DPW, the commissioners, and uh, in any event um, it was a it get kind of complicated because. Um, Unlike n- n- conventional kinds of situations, I think Marlin is the only community that I'm aware of, and that's been uh, promoted in, in some ways as, as a plus, don't own our own site where the City Hall is. We're kind of a co-owner. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, okay. the Jefferson Management or Jefferson Construction has an interest in it. There yep. are other tenants in the property, so we're like a, a co owner of the property, and obviously that results when changes occur or you want to do anything to modify what's there, um, you have to get everybody's approval. So it got more complicated uh, than originally thought because you not only had to get the approval of the council, the, the approval of the mayor, then you, you then you dealt with the uh, Jefferson, who are, are co-owners, and so they were gracious about it. So over the process, it, it um, it, it formulated to uh, from an idea to, to the result, and it was very um, much appreciated. And, and like I said, when I first got approached, but to do it, I, you know, you, you think, well, gee, there's other people that have certainly have done a lot for the community, and they could start thinking of other people, but it was very fortunate that um, uh, Debbie DeMarie was very helpful to m- in suggesting that I go forward with it, and, I, and that's the end, end result, which was a very nice ceremony. The family that I have, which is, could be there, were there, so right. that was nice, too. I had yep. um, children, grandchildren, and I had a great-grandchild there as well. Oh, beautiful. Although the newspaper put it down as a, a grandchild. It must be in respect to my appearance, my age. I don't look <laughs> old enough to great-grandchildren. Well,
0: it looked like uh, it was last week. I believe it was at the morning of June 28th. Um, which the weather was was perfect, I believe. P-
1: particularly since the day before wasn't very good at all.
0: Yeah, you, you ran into some good luck there. Yeah, so, well, uh,
1: yeah, yeah. maybe that was like the comma. That's positive. <laughs>
0: and uh, what, did they give you uh, guidelines on how long you could speak?
1: No, it, it was kind <laughs> of an, a lot of uh, informal informal uh, approaches, you know, and and and, and, and very fairness to. Um, former counselor at large, uh, uh, De Maria. She was out of office now s- literally six months, and here she said afterwards, I said, you worked harder for the other six months than most of those people that are elected that are serving <laughs> the council currently. <laughs>
0: uh, I'm sure she did. That, what a wonderful, wonderful tribute. Um, by the way, we do have uh, uh, our, own, our own Karen here uh, filmed uh, uh, the whole ceremony last week. And uh, I think uh, hopefully down the line the, the folks in Malden are going to get a chance to, to watch it. But we have a, a, a two minutes of you speaking if, if you would oblige us to Keep show the guess. folks.
1: you my guest. The other in charge.
0: You got it. Karen, want to show uh, show the people of Malden?
1: My son had called me this morning and uh, he was going to arrange to bring me here to make sure I would find the place. and. Uh, I said, I'm all set. I said, I've narrowed my speech down to 40 minutes. <laughs> and now, with all the accolades I've already received, I'm cutting it down to 34 minutes. <laughs> but anyway, I, uh, I do appreciate everything has been uh, said. I also uh, can't do enough to thank all those groups of people within the community that have made this day possible. There's been some reference made of um, the men in the mirror. And that's an interesting thing about the quick background on that, and it may not be, that's part of my 34 minutes. But that uh, years and years ago, Dear Abby, in her column, because she sometimes wrote on things other than love lost or love found, that she used that because that was a, the man in the mirror was a, something that was important to her and, and something that she uh, has alluded to in the in, in years gone past. When you fast-forward, uh, years later, her daughter picked up her column, and it ended up she also had an occasion to refer to that man in the mirror. And, uh, and so after that, even, um, I had an opportunity uh, to be uh, recognized by the, the Malin group, and I'm bringing up the Junior Ray and included in one of the pages was the Man in the Mirror, and that was put there by Carol Madden. And it was something that reminded me of what means in life, that it's, it's more than just the political part of your life that's important. It's the conduct and the way you relate to other people that, and, and other forces that are part of your life. I must, have, I must have must have spent too much time reading about Teddy Roosevelt about cock soft and carry a big stick. <laughs> 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 oh, that was
0: wonderful! Actually, that's the first time I see it. I'm looking forward to to yeah. seeing the whole ceremony.
1: One thing interesting, and you don't think about it much, but when you take your photo on situations like these, glasses turn tinted for gr- for the color. You know, when it's, it's warm out. Yeah. So sometimes when you take pictures, you literally only see the eyeglasses because of the, they've turned dark while you're uh, wearing them. So you. Sometimes they'll suggest take them off before you have your picture taken.
0: Yeah. Well, very profound. Man in the Mirror. I like where you were yeah, going Yeah, that there. was uh,
1: uh, very – That's I mentioned that. And uh, it's an interesting source. Dear Abby, who, who you think of oftentimes as someone who gives you advice to the love on. Yes. <laughs> but, uh, and, the, and currently her, her daughter has continued her column. So And that goes back to the mother, which is goes back a long time ago. Yep. But I go back a long time yeah, ago. You so go back a long fun. time, and we're gonna we're
0: gonna talk about some of that great career you had. But uh, I want to stick with the this ceremony's um, lovely day, family, friends. Um, there's been talk that you've you've eaten lunch in your court every morning since. Is that true? Say what? You've gone there every morning to your
1: own courtyard. Oh, and just checking to see if anybody's sleeping on the bench. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, because if they are, they should, I think, maybe owe me a little bit of a fee. You got a piece of that now. I like that.
0: <laughs> I like that. Actually, uh, um, it was, again, I wish I wish I could have came. looks uh, such a lovely event. Um, but we also had a few pictures. I wonder if you wanted to uh, just peruse through and, and talk about a little. Karen, do you have those pictures ready? Here you are. All by myself. Yes. I like that. Get the dark class. There's Debbie? Oh yes. Right?
1: There's my son. There's your son? Great, yeah. Yeah? Far better dresser than I. Am. <laughs>
0: okay. There he is. Of course, city clerk here in Malden, correct?
1: Oh. There's the mayor. Of course. Yeah, there was Gracious as always. some of the folks. There's uh, Butch, the commissioner, a police commissioner, and and there's a school committee person from Ward 1.
0: There you are with the tinted glasses.
1: There's my son and his wife. And then my other son, Scott, with the hat on.
0: Oh, yeah, very dapper.
1: Yeah, well, this yeah, yeah. uh, is a councillor from Ward Four. Yeah, yeah, councillor O'Malley's there. Court, former ch- president of the chamber. Oh, right, right. And her wife. here you go. Yeah, remember that? I think the that picture
0: was in the newspaper. May, May, former mayor Howard was present too, wasn't he? Yes, he was did. He, yeah, yeah, yeah we had, had a picture
1: taken the uh, with the the three mayors. Right, the former mayors and mayor. mayor. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, that's a nice picture right there. Yeah, yeah. Look at that plaque. That's beautiful.
1: Yeah.
0: I think that's uh, I think that's what she got. Is that it? Thank you, Karen. Yeah. That was nice. What yeah. a day. Yeah. Beautiful memory. Yes. Uh, did you go out for a nice luncheon after that, or across
1: the street? All seasons. Oh yeah. Nice. And uh, as always, he's very generous, uh, gracious over there. He he treated us well and did a nice job.
0: Fantastic. Yeah. Um, speaking, uh, uh, we spoke a little bit about, I don't want to get, just as you said in The Man in the Mirror, it's not all about politics and uh, the legacy it, of man. It's a philosophy of life. Philosophy of life, correct. But I do want to uh, um, <laughs> mention the, the public servitude you've given over the last 40, 50 years. No,
1: that's not that long. It's 30? Uh, do the math. <laughs> so I, I I didn't know all
0: this stuff. So this was a wonderful uh, education for me as well. Um, state rep back in the, the blizzard of seventy eight days. Seventy seven, seventy eight. Is that Correct. Sound right? Correct. Right. Yes. Um, first of all, did you did you have an ambition to to go into into politics
1: or? Uh, I've been at my. Uh, Favorite subject in school was history. Okay. And obviously that doesn't suggest that the direction of your life going to go. But the things that have happened in the past have been of, of interest to me. And and um, uh, even long before I ran for office, I was off my services on occasion to people who were running for office. And I helped candidates. Um, sometimes they were successful and sometimes they weren't. Yeah. But I, I did it on the basis sometimes of relationships and and at the local level, you're not always caught up in the in the uh, technical uh, philosophies of of, of of the giant issues of the day. Sure. You know, public security, obviously. Schools are always a big issue. Yeah. And in years gone by, in those years when I first started, that was the biggest problem because budgets were tough almost every single year. And the, the result was you, sometimes it was difficult to do all the services you had previously had in in and not add new ones, and just to keep them going because of there was some sp- restrictions in the budget. And then two and a half came in, which allowed communities, uh, in theory, uh, made it more difficult. Because prior to then, before two and a half, if you were shortfall in the budget, you just raised taxes, and oh, you yeah. hope that it didn't. People didn't remember when they went to the polls. Yeah. But once two and a half came in, it kept on uh, how much you could uh, increase real estate tax, which was the main source of income at the local level. So all of a sudden, you right away you had uh, issues to deal with which had, were brand new, and that made it difficult to run. It made it difficult to sometimes ring doorbells because that's the way you campaign in those days and talk to people after they just got their tax bill, particularly since if they had friends or relatives in Everett, Everett had a lot of industry, and the taxes were extremely low. And if you went if you went into those um, streets off of Broadway, like Hadley Street, one side of the street was Everett, the other side was Malden, and the Malden side paid a, a lot more in tax than the other side of the street. So that was kind of the, the issue that was important. But I, I think in its own way, two and a half was a good idea. I didn't support it at the time, but in reality... Um, it did put a range on 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 the on the uh, politicians or the elected officials raising taxes for, the, for their convenience and not for the, the benefit of the public. So anyway, oh, was
0: that your first foray into politics, running for state representative, or was there? No, no, it was oh. the
1: first time. I had I had thought of running prior to that because, uh, uh, like I said, one of the big issues in in the early years um, uh, uh, m- when I had children in the school system was the schools because yeah, right, right. Um, you had services you made available, and schools were changing to some degree in terms of the demographics uh, but there were some important programs that were enrichment programs yeah. and so all of a sudden faced with choices between maintaining jobs and continuing programs in some instances whether it was more than or other communities, programs were either curtailed or eliminated so um, I thought I was, I was thinking of running for school committee, and at that time it was a five-member board. Oh. All ran at large, which was citywide. But it so happened that a friend of mine was running for office and he asked me to help him. And I felt that since he asked me, and I wasn't driven to run, but I just thought I was going to run, yeah. thinking of running. Yeah. So by uh, um, him running, I, I, tr- I helped him and uh, tried to help him. He didn't win, but I tried to help him. Yeah. So I didn't run for school committee. And then not long after that... Uh, Uh, Jim Conway who was the uh, state representative at that time um, ran and got elected for mayor and of course local elections are off years in terms of state elections so um, a decision apparently had been made in the state house that not to have special elections for vacancies so he served both as the mayor for the first year and as a second year term for state representative and uh, so and the more I thought of about it, because at that point I was not no longer young, that some of my responsibilities had lessened, and I was in a little bit of position to devote time to running if I were to run. And I said, well, if I want to run, this is the time to do it. So um, it, at initially there were three people running, and it was a Democratic primary because, um, it, like a lot of districts, if you got nominated in September as a Democrat in Massachusetts, uh, it, it was not unexpected that you'd win in, um, in November. Sometimes you're in unopposed. Right, right. At the time, um, there was at least one other person had taken out papers, which I don't think would have helped me if she had stayed in the election, but she, for whatever reason, she did not turn the papers in, so she didn't run. So it came down as a two-person race between me and uh, Joe Carroll, who was a counselor at large at the time, was running as well. And you know the well-known family. His father had the, uh, and his brother had the funeral business. Okay. Yeah. And so we ran against each other, and um, I was fortunate; I was successful. Two year, two year term. Two year term. uh, The bad news (laughs) is that uh, just prior to that time, because the public was dissatisfied with the state legislators, there was a, a, a. constitutional amendment to reduce the st- number of representatives statewide from 240 to 160. So it, at one time, all that had literally like two and a half representatives because of the size of the community. Yeah. And so um, the following election, regardless of who won at any place in the state, um, you'd have to run against someone in a lot Because you go from one, 240 to 160... I mean, 80, 80 state representatives were going to be no longer in existence. The <laughs> districts were reduced by a, literally a half. And, wow, uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so yeah. then at that point, um, they divided Malden up into two districts, and, and part part of Malden went to, uh, to, there were two representatives to run against each other from Medford. They had part of the west part of the city. Oh, okay. Uh, Angelo Cataldo was a state representative from Revere, and they gave Ward Eight to Revere, which oh. I didn't right. think was very fair because it literally disenfranchised the, the people in in, in, uh, Ward, in Ward Eight. Yeah. And, and plus I thought I would do well, fairly well there. You know, I thought that was part of my. It was, you know, that yeah. wasn't being practical. I thought the fairness was wrong. That Correct. Right. At least they should have had one precinct left in Marlin, and so in theory. Whether you lived in the other precinct or not, you might think of a Marlon rep as being the person to representative. Yeah. So, you. So, anyway, so you had, and, and of course, Revere is uh, Suffolk County. So, they, you know, that they split all, spent away from Middlesex County. That's right. So then, uh, so the two Maldon representatives either ran against each other or didn't run, or they ran for something else. And so, the, 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 one of the things that was very telling was um, the election that I was successful in. There was literally like 40 new state representatives at that time, which was an enormous change. But a lot of the people realized that two two years after that, they'd be in and have to run against uh, somebody else that that was an incumbent. A lot of them planned ahead and they'd either uh, got a nice cushy job with the state or went back to the private sector or... some other instances ran for state senator or, or some other office. Sure. Yeah. But it ended up basically that second election. Uh, um, uh, uh, John McNeil, who was the representative from the west side, that was from the east side. We had to run against each other, if we, which we did. Yeah. And I lost the election uh, in terms of the votes. The uh, the thing was kind of interesting. Uh, of the total vote in the district, and, and the districts, you think of them now, they. They run about 35,000 people. I think at that time it was like tw- uh, 25,000 or so for a district. Again, part of the reason it was, there was a lot of, there was 240 districts. Now you made 160. But right. anyway, um, there were about 600 absentee ballots. And it was a September election. And uh, that was another interesting story. But in all, basically what happened was that uh, um, that was it. I, that was I, it. I lost. You one lost. Term. Okay. Well, I, mean, I didn't want to bring you down. Uh, I, I didn't mean to get no, stuck no, no, in the no, 70s. No, no,
0: no. Well, we were stuck in 1978
1: no. for the last ten minutes. Well, uh, <laughs> one of the one of the things that was kind of interesting, just if I wanted to revisit history. Okay. One of the uh, fairly uh, contentious issues in that time, which has resurfaced in a different way, was uh, the abortion issue. Mm-hmm. And. Um, uh, and that, and again, you, if you look at the calendar, that's quite some time back that uh, this all went on. And uh, uh, abortions uh, as a church philosophy, and that's a personal choices, was a b- very emotional issue. And I think um, to some degree that may have been a factor in my not winning, too, because it might not have dif- made a difference, but it ended up that I was uh, defined by as a candidate as a pro-choice, and the other candidate was pro-life, so... Um, th- and th- like I said, that was a, a big issue at that time. Yeah. It's now resurfaced as a different issue, but as a serious social issue because of the Supreme Court ruling. But, of course, of course.
0: Yeah. All right, so let's go to 1980. You're now you, – did you run for city councilor at large?
1: Well, th- um, there was a vacancy. Okay. And um, although I wasn't – you know, um, I decided to, uh, to run – uh, of course, at the, there's three three at-large councillors, and so I saw so I ran at-large in that election, and uh, there were um, two incumbents, and, and I was successful as the third candidate. So then I ended up uh, serving uh, five terms on the city council.
0: Right, right. So, what five or so? So you, and then, well, eighty to ninety. Yes. Is that, is that it?
1: Yes. And then, and then you ran for mayor. Involved. No, I stopped running. You stopped running. I, sa- I didn't run f- for the sixth term as a counselor. Oh, right. Okay. Uh, so part of it is I, um, I I think it's good for change. I don't think people should make a career out of running for on and on and on. Even people that do sometimes do a very effective job. Sure. And uh, maybe they're deserving of being reelected. But uh, my own sense is that um, um, a change in some ways can be good. And, 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 and at the same time... Um, you can get you know kind of uh, self-satisfied at the level you're in, and maybe you don't work as hard the sixth time as you did the first time, and there maybe not a need to because you've established yourself, uh, reinforced your, your your position. But at any event, my uh, I had thought not of running after my fourth term, but, but I, we did it. I I, uh, I got together with my children, and. Um, they thought I should try – I should run again. They thought of the people that were considered running, I was certainly as good as – or as well – better than uh, – at least as good as anybody else Yeah, running. sure. So, I, all the, just so uh, back, I decided I would run one more time, and then I was. so I know two years ahead of time, that was my last time. Okay.
0: And all through these years, you're 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 running your successful insurance agency, correct? Yes. Dating back – uh, how far back does that go for you?
1: For the insurance agency? Yeah. Well, I, well, I, I was I uh, opened an office um, in the early '70s. Okay. And um, back in the '70s. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, at the time, it was it was uh, primarily focused on life insurance and pro- products like that. Okay. And then um, it started happening. People would um, approach me and say, "Gee, do you sell auto insurance?" And I said, "No, we just do this." That you know. So, so then I started. A, I got a, a a broker's license and uh, a real estate license, and uh, I did. Uh, uh, Cash, property and casualty I started building that up and that once you start building that up you're dealing on a more regular basis with people and therefore my focus energy started to be more towards that end of the business yep. rather than the life I still did, kept doing that but n- I wasn't out knocking on doors for that I was doing more with service in the, the growing accounts that I had in the property and casualty business and, Okay, and uh, so then I was doing that and then I got to 1990 and I, I didn't run And when did the thoughts
0: of running for mayor occur? Shortly after, I would assume.
1: Um, I had no plans to run anymore. Not that I wouldn't run, but I – and then what happened was – and, you know, maybe I'm looking at things from my own perspective and uh, pat myself on the back, but I don't mean to come across that way. Um, The the, the mayor announced he wasn't running again. And there was one other candidate who announced early – and I I just assumed that one of the city councils would run, yeah. or somebody, some public official would run, because here you'd have a vacant seat in the, in the in the in the for the mayor's office. And at the very minimum, anybody new coming in, it should be in a situation where they'd articulate or explain what their what their focus would be in the future. Because in a position like mayor, there's there's different priorities depending on who it is and the circumstances sometimes dictate what direction the city going to go in. And so I thought that uh, there would be a city council running. So, uh, you sure. know, I wouldn't have run. I wasn't planning on running. Right, and, right. And then uh, now the mayor just announced he's running for re-election. And his election isn't until a year from November. Current mayor, Christensen. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Back then, it, it came around finally. And I had to, some people had approached me uh, about running, uh, even though I wasn't in office. Because I'm in a piece in the, in the insurance business, I was in a people's business, sure. so I had people coming yeah. in, and a lot of the people that were customers were local people, so of course. anyway, but then it, it ended up, it went through the, into the fall, into the Christmas holidays, into March, literally, and nobody else was, was running. running against him, okay. And so I thought, so well, gee, it, people should get out there and, 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 and to, uh, earn the job, so to speak, so that's when I announced to run, and and I had... Built up, you know, some indication from people whom I knew that you know, if I ran, they'd be happy to look forward to supporting me. And yeah. But it was a, it was a aggressive election, and and um, it went down close. I, I, uh, there, it was a primary. There were three people running, and um, I did top the ticket in the primary, but it was close. Yeah. And then w- and when it got to November, it was close again. But I I, I, did, I was successful, so I then became the mayor. For a couple of terms. A Couple of terms. What not about as, not w- as long as I <laughs> thought I'd be there. But anyway, in <laughs> your
0: in your first re-election in '96, was that unopposed? It was. Okay. Yeah. So.
1: Well, that was that was in the. So your your, your yeah. theory
0: that people should earn it it didn't didn't matter. Well,
1: not running with it, with opposition <laughs> uh, sometimes is. Um, is not good in one way. Number no, one I is you don't that. do much campaigning because it, you, you you have no one to, to to argue with or discuss with or yeah. I think co- it's good when yeah. And um, the thing is, if if you have some weaknesses from the previous election, they you don't know them until you get the votes counted. Right. Right. And right. that. And that uh, but again, you, the other part about it is when you take office in January, the budget has already been. Process from the previous July. Okay. So you come in half through a budget, and um, the thing that happened was they there was an a, a, an error made in the, in the accounting in that in that first budget. And, that was, and I forget now what the number was, but it was like a couple of million dollars was part of the budget wasn't in the but there was no money for it. It was it was a mistake, a yep. math mistake. So now you had to go into the state um, department of revenue hat hand, and explain why. You know we don't have that money, so we can we put. And, and the way the local budget works is, you make a budget up in July, and except for a, a, a serious problem with snow in the winter, right. you have to balance the budget. Yeah. So here we have the first budget. I'm halfway in the, the budget year, and I find out there's a couple of million dollars that isn't there. <laughs> so you already got a problem starting with. So the state did allow uh, us to amortize that rather than make it up in one year or before June 30th, where you'd okay. have to lay people off. Okay. But then um, these were tough times, and in in those subsequent budgets, teachers were being laid off, and, and under, under the contract that they had, which is a fairly standard, and maybe, st- maybe it's probably a state legislation, not the local option, is that you have to notify people in, the, in education by June. I think it's like April 15th if you're not going to get reappointed for September. Okay. If you don't, then you f- they're automatically part of the s- staff after that. So they would get laid off in some, in, in in June, in theory, and then when the budget was formulated after that, in the c- by with the help from the state, the city would oftentimes call the people back. But I, that gets back to what I had said earlier about um, sometimes enrichment programs were eliminated because that was the first thing you'd kind of look at and say, well, we can get along without that because y- y- it's either that or. Uh, uh, increase the size of the classes and that was always a, an issue with parents They have 33 children in a class and rather than let's say the ideal would be around 25 so in any event um, <laughs> the, 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 the school was a problem at that time and, and uh, there were labor contract issues and you don't have the money so you don't give them extras or you don't give them what they think they deserve and sometimes they deserve it so you have to take the hit <laughs>
0: yeah. So I mean was it was it like, Oh God, what have I gotten myself into or were you were you uh no, I, you I, mean, I, I um you, uh, you were served in the city council for ten years. Yeah,
1: the, and I saw it uh, from that side of yeah. it and um I saw how it was it was handled at on the two and a half. Yeah. And that's when the mayor lost that the next election and I as a as a counselor at that time I didn't agree how he approached it and we had our differences in the budget, but he had his issues and he was trying to please people, and sometimes um, trying to please some people, you don't please anybody. I don't know, but then it, it ended up that with two and a half coming in, he lost that election, but subsequently he got back reelected as mayor years later. But uh, in the meantime, uh, carrying on from him, there, there was issues that he had uh, that were left with, with me, and there was issues I had were left with the next mayor, so sure. that's, that's the way it goes.
0: Well, in the eight
1: years, I'm sure
0: you have um, many thoughts about the accomplishments, but one of the things um, I wanted to bring up was how instrumental you were in the collaboration, which is now, which is now River's Edge, the collaboration of, of those three cities, Everett, uh, Malden, and Medford. Could you speak to that a little bit back then?
1: Well, that was a kind of a far-reaching effort, a, a collaborative among three different communities yes. to coll- collectively yeah. work together to to yeah. build that. And and uh, um, Mayor McGlenn was in Medford at the time, and he was he was easy to deal with. Jack but John McCarthy was in in Marl, uh, Never rather excuse me, and uh, we, you know we worked together, but everybody had their own ideas of what needed to be done, and uh, you you did it the best you can as time unfolded, and that's another thing that happens sometimes in government. Things that you view today aren't the same five and ten years down the road. So, yeah. ultimately, whatever gets done may not be quite what was projected at the time it started. But sure. it's it's a it's a step in the right direction, and I think that pretty much would happen with that development. Yeah, yeah. So you must be pleased with how it all unfolded. Yeah, and and um, again, um, they've 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 done some nice things since then, you know. And, and, and yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. So the only, the only thing, when I drive down there, I have a hard time, if you're on the right side driving down, to see the numbers on the buildings. They don't post them on the street side because they have a, a Mystic Valley Ellis Service has a, an annual event there, oh, okay. and, and I've been a supporter of theirs, and I get invited, and uh, when you're driving down, you have to get on the other side to get into the parking lot because the buildings are on the left going down. Uh, towards the T station, so you have to go down and make a turn, or you turn around. But there's no numbers outside, so it's a little bit of guesswork because you only do it once a year. <laughs> anyway, that's a third. little little bit of trivia that has no real meaning other than to me. All right, so
0: that uh, well, you did two terms two as Ma- Malden mayor. Yes. Um, lost the third term. I did. Or, uh, right, and uh, then you were done. Well, right? uh, politically. Uh, politically. Speaking. Well, I really wasn't done, but I didn't do any more. That's what I mean. Yes. Definitely. I mean, you, did, you didn't You did run I d- again. I did not run again. Yeah, no, you weren't. No, but no. certainly you were still very active in the community, which is what I wanted to get to as well in the second half of the show. Yeah. Because it's more than politics, it's your philosophy. Uh, uh, your legacy of giving really is um, uh, very impressive, Ed. So I don't know. I'm just going through some of these things. I laughed because I saw some of these other things as director of Malden Northern Little League, which I think I played in. Um, Fine Banks? Uh, Pine Banks. You yes. You played there. Then. I played there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't I didn't realize that. I'd, I'd like to talk to you about the time I didn't get the MVP. I thought that uh, Could we do anything about that?
1: Well, uh w- one thing you, you uh you <laughs> used to strike out a lot. But <laughs>
0: <laughs> That was the in thing back then, wasn't it? Uh yes. What team yes, did you no. play for? Uh the Giants
1: in the in the Northern uh, Little in League? The Northern
0: League um Northern Little League uh the Cougars. Do you no, remember the Cougars? Just that again. Was a, that was Maybe that's why you didn't get the MVP. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember. I was in the wrong league. Yeah. did yeah. you Porter, th- What the Giants was uh, Highland Ave?
1: Oh, you were in the American League. I don't think I was that. I remember Never being
0: in the Northern
1: League. Maybe Oh, you I, were?
0: Yeah, I thought so. But are,
1: are you a collector of things like your uniform or hats or anything like that? Maybe a, the, the, the
0: two trophies that I do have were from the Giants. Uh, that I displayed on a show one night. That's how pathetic my now, life was. Were they the Pee
1: Wees or the uh, Minors? Were they the minor League? Major leagues. Oh, you were a major league player. Uh, eventually.
0: <laughs> eventually all 12-year-olds were.
1: Well, now you bring that up. Uh, 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 the interesting thing, uh, years ago at that time, uh, Michael. Oh, maybe
0: they were the national. I don't know. Maybe they, uh, There were, uh, there uh, were maybe four
1: teams. leagues. Okay. And <laughs> they would have either four or six teams in a league. Yep. And now in okay. Marlin for baseball... There's one little league for the whole city.
0: Oh, I didn't, I didn't even know that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, wow. And, that's and much again, different. it
1: shows that baseball, which is uh, it was referred to years ago as a national pastime, is certainly not the national pastime anymore. No, and, no. And back then it was... When you think about it, if you don't play ball when you're little, it's not likely that when you get to college or you get to 18 or 20, you decide you, you should wanna, you want to play baseball because you might want to play soccer, you might want to play... Yeah. Football, basketball if you're tall enough, but yeah. there are certainly other options. But baseball has taken a back seat. Mm. And now it's even more compounded because the games go so long that uh, it, 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 they've it, lost a lot uh, of fans I think the last uh, decade or so. Are you a, 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 a baseball trivia person?
0: To some extent, yes. Give me yes.
1: Do you know the, the what the record is for the for the shortest terms of time for a major league 9-inning game is?
0: I don't, but I would get shortest ever nine inning game. Yeah.
1: fastest, fastest played nine Hour inning game. Hour fifty minutes. How many? Hour fifty. Very good. Ninety one minute, minutes. Fifty one minutes. Fifty one minutes. Fifty one minutes. Two to nothing was the final score. Nine inning game. Nine inning game. Nine inning game. Yeah, and, and now the Red Sox had a game the other day was over four hours. The average game is I think over three hours.
0: Funny, I just well read that
1: game four hours with eleven innings. Yeah,
0: and it's just it's it's awful. It's too long. Well,
1: if you go, um, you you know it's not the same as watching on TV. Yeah. And when you, uh, I, when I tend to watch it on TV, uh, it may be a long way from what you wanted to talk about. <laughs> but I switch channels. I'll turn on two or three different ones. And so the, uh, last night they were See? playing in the eighth inning, and, and I switched off with the bases loaded. I think Story was the batter. I came back right away, and, he was, and the other team was coming off the field, so I think he must have flied out or ground it out. But it was over, see? So you have to stick to the game to watch the whole game.
0: I know. And, well, well now they're talking about, you know, uh, the, the, the pitch clock and the minor leagues and colleges are using it. And some of the pitchers, it's just it's torture to watch in how long it takes to throw a pitch. It's yeah. ridiculous.
1: And then you've got the catcher always moving the ball towards the plate, yeah. the strike zone.
0: Right. Well, now they have the digital. They, they, they,
1: Well, they don't like to do that No, very because, often. because the yeah. umpires don't Makes like to it, be. Yeah, they look Yeah,
0: they look yeah. bad. Yeah. They look, but but anyways, we, we went a little off track, but not too much. I'll always talk baseball. Um, Red Sox playing tonight, by the way, with the new kid coming up from the minors.
1: I had a chance to go to that game. Tonight? And yes. He, and, and, and
0: I took you away from
1: it. No, someone called me t- t- uh, late this morning. Yeah. And they had tickets, and they weren't able to go. And they called someone else, and that person wasn't able to go, but he mentioned my name as an option. And uh, he called me, and I said, well, I'm doing a show tonight. Oh, thank you But Yeah, he's going to throw a no-hitter, this rookie, tonight. Yeah, I don't think so. uh, It goes back to the time I was talking to my nephew. He got a chance to go to the Celtics game, and someone gave him the tickets. So he took his daughter, and his free tickets cost him $200 because – First of all, he had to park the car, which was about fifty dollars around North Station. And then his daughter wanted a jersey of some kind, one of the players, and a couple of other things. And they ate. So he <laughs> said, "My free tickets cost me two hundred dollars." But anyway, well, I appreciate you skipping the old ball game
0: tonight. Yankees are in town this weekend, starting I, tomorrow. I was offered
1: tickets to that last well, week.
0: Feel free to go. I don't. I have any.
1: No, I thought it was. I thought they were. They were for last weekend, and I told him no, and someone else oh. grabbed them. So I was out of luck. All right.
0: Well, enough baseball talk for now. I wanted to um, hit upon, anyway, the, uh, your, the 40-year membership and affiliation with the Lions Club, which is just tremendous.
1: Yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah. In fact, I I, uh, I joined the Lions in 19—let me see, 23, 45 years ago. Okay. And my sponsor was Herbie Jackson. And you have a blank look.
0: Yes, it's my normal resting face.
1: Ja- uh, Herbie Jackson has the uh, uh, recently recently dedicated. yes, uh, yeah, he's coming to me. Yeah. yeah, wow, that's that's he was a very cool. very he was active not only at the local level for the Lions but at the regional level. I didn't know that. Very active member of the Lions, and uh, uh, and it, he
0: was your sponsor uh, to become a member. That's yeah, that was worked.
1: that was a little interesting story because it. Uh, uh, you have to be sponsored by somebody to, uh, to become a member. Yes. I don't mean to make it as a selective club, but that's kind of a formality. And what happens is you get invited to a a, a meeting as a guest, special guest, meaning you're put your prospective member. Yeah. And um, you then have an opportunity or a chance to view what goes on within the Lions and um, club and it's an international organization it's in a lot of countries. As a matter of fact, I believe it's the largest inter- largest service organization in America. Yeah. But in any event, I, so I was invited along with a friend of mine. We both were sponsored by uh, Herbie Jackson. And so we went to the meeting, and uh, I didn't understand all the protocol, but it ended up Jack, my, my, my friend who was also sponsored, called me two weeks later and said, have you heard uh, d- about the meeting tonight? And I said, yeah, but I haven't no one's called me. He said, what do you think we should do? So I said, well, I don't know. He said, well, well let's go. We, you know, we, we're thinking of joining. It. So the way it works is, and I, again, I was new at this. The first meeting is special guests. You eat and you don't pay. <laughs> so we go to the second, the next meeting, which is two weeks later. And uh, after the meeting, Herbie pulled us aside. He said, you know, gentlemen, you said you don't come back until you're, you're going to be sworn in. So it ended up we got two free meals out of it. Wow. <laughs> Good but deal. That's what, but what that's the process, and it isn't that you're being being selective, but there was paperwork to do to submit, right? And the purpose of that was to see where maybe you could be of some service to these part of the things that they did, whether it was eyeglasses, right? Or, right. They were very so instrumental, it, it ended up uh, we got approved, and uh, I'm still there.
0: And and it's, it's this particular chapter in Malden, or,
1: or well, it, it, it's. Or, uh, it, it's a, you have a, a, a number which goes back to the, t- the time that you joined. Oh, the cl- okay. It's a club. Marlins an old club. It's, it's um, about 85 years old uh, in terms of the—it's one of the, the oldest Lions yeah. clubs. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, it, you have the corners, the Rotary. They all serve a useful purpose. The sure. women have the Junior Raid, which uh, was started as uh, a supporter of the hospital. And then, of course, now they do o- lots of other local stuff and Zonta is another organization. Oh, sure, organization. of course, yeah. Uh, and the Lions, and talking to members of other uh, service organizations, because your purpose is to be, in some fashion, a supporter of community uh, office, whether it's scholarship to the high school yeah. or it's support of neighborhood basketball or uh, other types of things you sure. do. The Mall the Lions, we, we uh, uh, collect eyeglasses, and they're shipped out of the uh, country to, to needy. So, so, so and you have volunteers who go to those countries, and they end up doing eye tests as well as diabetic oh, tests and nice. other. Yep. But we also have a an eye mobile where it goes to a community, and you end up um, uh, having your eyes checked, uh, checking for diabetes, checking for other things, and uh, eye blood pressure. And wonderful. Uh, those are kind of things that uh, we do as a club. Each of the other clubs have things that they do which serve a very useful purpose. But the problem today, like with the Lions, uh, our issue was we used to have uh, very large members, but many, uh, many, many of the members, when I first joined, owned businesses in the community but also lived in the community. And there were a number of banks, and, and oftentimes banks would sponsor one of their employees as a member. Uh, but over the time, uh, either people um, the businesses changed, or the ones that were owned locally weren't people that lived in the community. So for them to come at night was a complicated thing because uh, they'd have to stay that much longer from the day that no, they, I see. You know, yeah. so yeah. and then, um I know that like the rotary, I think, in the in the corners they meet sometimes at noontime. But again, each of the clubs, if you talk to their members, to get members uh, is much diffi- more difficult now than it used to be. And, um, and quite honestly, with, with any organization, there's some attrition for different reasons. So, unless you replace your people, you're going to have less the right. following year. Right. Instead of growing, you, 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 sh- you have less doing more. But it still works out. We're still active, still meeting bi
0: weekly? We meet,
1: l- uh, the Lions meet twice a month, uh, but no summer meetings. Okay. So, we don't meet July and August and uh, um, so and we meet um, uh, we used to meet for many years we meet at Anthony's yes yeah. uh, and now we we don't we meet at Franny's down in Maplewood Square okay but now because of we're a smaller club and yeah. Yeah. It more. It, when you have smaller memberships it's hard for people that have function halls to cater to groups like that unless they have several at the same time because they have an fixed expense to, uh, for the staff to be there so if you have 50 people, it's not the same as if you have 20 or 15. So anyway, but so I'm still a member.
0: Yeah, great so, organization. I wanted to mention a couple other uh, things you've been involved with over the years. Board member of Tri-City Mental Health. Years ago, I was. Yes, yes. Um, yeah. You were also on the advisory board for the member for Malna Catholic High School?
1: Yeah, when my son was a student there, I, oh, okay. I was on the board at that time. That's that's, yeah. um, I think the. I think the way that they set up a board now is different. At that, that time, was mostly parents of students. I think now it's much broader than that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe in terms of, 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 of development money, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Fundraising, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah I was. Uh, so what else?
0: What else? Well, you know, we were speaking, uh, you and I, a couple of weeks ago, we're actually uh, uh, taping and, and filming hopefully a new beginning for our show. Uh, Right, uh, Karen. He took some footage of us, and and that night we were chatting quite a bit. And I didn't know this, but we, you know, you were talking about members of my family and Summer Street Fruit, and my grandfather was uh, a part owner there.
1: And um, I worked there.
0: And you worked there, or, or back in in was or did you work there? Which was just it just blew me away. You worked there when my grandfather. Uh, him and, and two other, he, three was, of them he was part partners. of three. There was a fourth that came in right. towards the end. Right. But um, And it's funny. I said, I have this great article, but this was back when, it.
1: Did uh, I work there? Yeah. 1950.
0: Uh, out of high school?
1: I was in high school.
0: You were in high school? Yeah. Uh, tell me about those days. That's just. In high
1: school or the <laughs> store? <laughs> <laughs> there, was, there was, number there one, those days. We got enough time for there, your high school There was days. no lottery. no lottery, so you didn't have to bother with that. There was no lottery. So <laughs> but
0: I actually, uh, someone years ago had 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 taken this from the Malden Press, uh, an article about the fruit store itself back in 1961, and they had been in business for 28 years. They, my grandfather and the two others, bought it in 1933, uh, and and the, the the store had been in business prior to them for 75 years prior. So it was one of the oldest businesses of Malden. But tell me about your experience back
1: then. Well, the, the thing is, th- th- those kind of businesses um, are, Fruit and vegetable are, are no longer there. First right. of all, it, it was almost a situation where, uh, and if you, if you look at that area, it was, it was on the corner of Maple and Summer Street. And um, th- for a lot of people that lived in that area, th- they were either uh, tenants or they lived in like a complex. and um, But most of their shopping could have been done right there. They had cold cuts. They yep. had fruit. They had uh, other types of staples that people would normally be going to a supermarket for. And you're on a first name basis with the owners. Yep. And sometimes they accommodate you by because you had, if you had something special going on. You could go in there and ask for prosciutto as part oh, of the, the nice. cold cut. Yeah. And uh, and like I said, it would be they'd be on a first name basis with a lot of their customers, and they would be regular shoppers there every single week and sometimes they would come at the same time the store had relatively long hours yes and, and, yeah and uh okay. it, it was it was a much more personalized business than yeah. than uh, the to going to a market basket who is a quality place to go that's, you know for the prices yeah or stop and shop because, sure you know you go there and, and um it, it's just different And but that's a gone by area era. Yeah. it's you know it's not done anymore no and uh I used to own a small store like that, not just not that size. You did on uh, Lebanon Street. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's uh, um, it was across from the uh, Tom's. was It was called Tom's, even though the owners kept changing. They retained the original man's name that owned the store, Tom, who was uh, owned the property and he lived upstairs. And uh, it was right across from the Jewish cemetery that's on Lebanon Street. Sure. Yeah. And again, that was the same kind of a situation—not to the deg- not as large as this, obviously—but it was, it was a, a, a an active store, and uh, I was told once time, one time when I went, was the wholesaler, uh, and they were a Malden family. Yeah, and uh, they they mentioned me one time when I went in to get my order because uh, uh, they, they delivered, but sometimes you need to pick up something you forgot. Uh, he 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 said that little store on Lemon Street was the fifth largest seller of cigarettes in Malden. I don't yes. know. But uh, you didn't hear, adhere necessarily necessarily to the rules of which is supposed to be 18. <laughs> but but you had it's a different uh, time. But it was a neighborhood. It was a neighborhood store, yeah, and, yeah. and it was con- convenient and.
0: Uh, everybody knew everybody,
1: right? Yeah, and yeah. we we didn't have uh, what you would call cuff. Meaning uh, you didn't have a, uh, you didn't let people charge. It was mostly cash and carry. Gotcha. But yeah. we did have a family that was on Lebanon Street. They were a, a, a Jewish family, and uh, um, they were strictly adherent to their, their old tradition, and one of which was they didn't touch money on Saturday, and they particularly didn't touch. Uh, there's certain things they limit on uh, Jewish high holidays, or high holy days, rather. Right. And... Uh, they're the only people that would carry a, 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 an account because nobody else, everybody else just paid unless there was an unusual situation. And then the family would come in after the holy days were over and pay you whatever they ran up in terms of what they bought. But uh, it was an interesting business, great study in human nature. Yes. In p- people.
0: Um, so how was my grandfather as a boss? Do you remember those days?
1: uh <laughs> um, Quiet. <laughs> yeah.
0: The quiet one of the three. Yeah, the other one yeah. smokes cigars. He was quiet. The other he one was, smokes cigars.
1: I only worked there a few months. I, yep. The time was I summer? Had, no, it was his school year, but it oh. was it was getting close to the end of my career in high school. Yeah. So I was just filling in the time until I went on to bigger and better things. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: yeah, so this, this article was from 1961 or 62. Uh, I forget. I think he... He went another few years before. Well, I he mentioned to you before that
1: um, your your, your uh, uncle Michael was a city councillor. Oh, of course, yeah, 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 uh, and uh, he was before my time. Yes, and uh, Ward Three,
0: right? Th- what's that? Ward Three, city councillor.
1: A good question. I was thinking. You may be right. I was thinking he ran at large. You may be right. Oh, you might be right. You might be yeah, right. Yeah, I thought he ran yeah. at large. Yeah, you may yeah, be very right. Michael very, was a year behind me in school. Guy. He was very yep. personable. Yeah. And I didn't know Dick, his brother, but uh, we talked about him. Yeah. Uh, so you got uh, good genes. Yeah, people. my mom
0: was in the school system for many, many, many years. Yes. Of course, you knew my dad as well. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. So. yeah. Oh, Sam was a wonderful guy. He said uh, uh, he gave me uh, a separate, I have it at home. A, a coat of uh, a plat, which is for uh, Marlin's logo. The seal. Yeah. The city seal. Yeah. Or, oh yeah. Yeah. Your, your father gave me one of those. Uh, oh, very nice. Yeah. I haven't yeah. put it on eBay yet. I'll see. What it, <laughs> I'll wait for the price to go up.
0: I might be asking <laughs> you for it. Uh, well, Ed, believe it or not, we're coming down to our closing minutes. Unless you have, you have a big. Notebook over there, and well, want to do you. part uh, two, second uh, hour. Uh, uh,
1: uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll change your tactics or change the direction. Wait, I like uh, this. I think. See if I remember to bring the right thing here. Uh, I did. A couple of things. One is, there's a. This is a public service more than anything else. There's sure. a uh, um, high-speed internet rates cut for the poor. Okay. If if you qualify, and, and uh, what it does is, as part of the program, low-income Americans can receive $30 a month to reduce their bill, and companies agree to make plans available for $30, meaning the net cost to eligible participants would be zero. So And this has to do with America's leading communication companies will make high-speed internet available to low-income ho- households effectively for free the program is available to Americans whose income is no more than twice the federal poverty level of thirteen thousand five hundred ninety dollars so that's about twenty seven thousand dollars a year and the interesting thing and the reason I bring it up is that about half the people that are eligible for this have not applied okay Very so and it's it's a program that's that's been in private sector and government working together have given you an opportunity to get free internet if you if you qualify for that and that's would qualify a lot of people who are not taking advantage of it
0: very good thank you Ed yeah
1: it, it, there's a uh, there's 14 million people eligible and only 11 million have signed up so there's millions of people that have it yeah. and, and so uh, thank you for people should look into that absolutely I thought there was a phone number here to call. But it is, it is. It passed Congress in two thousand and twenty-one. But I'm sure anybody that uh, has access to senior uh, uh, services here, Like right, w- the senior center, the senior center, and that would yep. be be able to help, to help them help on that. that. Yeah, and uh, that's good stuff. Um, one other thing. I think we have time up. Yes. What do you know about peaches? Not, not the not the not the stripper. <laughs> you know, we
0: were just minutes away from keeping it a clean show.
1: Um, <laughs> Not much. Well, all right. I'm going to tell you a little (laughs) bit about peaches. uh, The stop and shop has peaches at different prices. And it's probably true in other supermarkets. I go to the stop and shop because it's local, it's convenient, and I don't do a lot of shopping. But um, a a little while back, I went in and bought peaches. And when I got home, when I looked at it, for four peaches, which is all I got, it, it, it came like the dollar each. I wouldn't pay a dollar for a peach. <laughs> so, I, I, anyway, I checked back at the store. Yep. and what happened was, the peaches had no sticker on them. Okay, which is when they put it through the machine that keys the price. You know. and so the person at the at the cash register said she, she she hesitated, and I and I gave her the amount that I thought the peaches cost, but and I didn't pay attention to the which is a, another point to my telling of the story. So I went home. Anyway, I went back to the stop and shop, went to the service department, and uh, it ended up they, they they gave me the money adjustment. Next time I went shopping, got peaches again, <laughs> and this time I I uh, I looked before I left the store. Yeah. It had a sticker, but it still was the wrong price. They charged me a higher price. Okay. So they made the adjustment. I was in the other day. And uh, there must have been Mr. Nuisance's here. Uh, same thing. The peaches were there. Uh, and so uh, they took out the the ad, and they said, no, they are uh, uh $2.99, I think. I said, no, they are forty nine. She said, no, they're $2.99. I said, you know, by this time, I had already looked twice. Yes. When I checked when I went in the store, and I went back before I went to the service department, I said, uh, so I walked back, and I came back and said, come with me. And sure enough, they were two forty nine. Now... Uh, as the woman said to me behind in the service line, they have too many peaches choices, and that's true. But they have they obviously have the wrong price on the peaches because the sticker was on it. And, and the reason I want to make that uh, 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 comment is that we take for granted when we go to stores the price.
0: Well, of- Ed, uh, our time is up, and I just want to thank you so much for coming. You know, you mentioned in your uh, in your ceremony and your dedication that you would had quoted Shakespeare, and I always end the show with quotes, so I thought I'd, I'd end with a Shakespeare quote, if you don't mind. And uh, this is from The Merchant of Venice, which is uh, 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 from William Shakespeare, who said, how far that little candle throws his beams, so shines a good deed in a weary, naughty world. And I think that you've been shining your good deeds for decades, Ed, and it's been... Uh, a privilege to have you on, and, and best of luck and safe travels in Ireland. And uh, thank you for everything.
1: Well, I appreciate all your kind words, and uh, I shall make you my press agent my next campaign. <laughs> Thanks, Ed. <laughs> Good
0: night, Malden. God bless.